I started a doo-wop group called F uh, Feral Audio Portal to buy Amazon. Do you want to hear our first song? Yeah. So I'm going to go doo-wop a doo-wop. A doo-wop a doo-wop a doo-wop. When you buy Amazon songs, shop through the Feral Portal. Pretty good, right? Dave was good. I thought Dave was good. Thank you. Thank you, Hunter. What is Ramon's aid all about? What? It's about people. Who's talking? People who care. We think the time has come for caring people who care about people to stand up and be counted. The Ramones are standing tall for every cause. So please, reach deep into your hearts and deep into your pockets. Let's make this the most significant event of the 80s. As Joey Ramone says, he speaks for all of us. If you're not in it, you're out of it. Fellas, Oops. In, the, in the mid 1980s, a new form of musical charity took shape. It was decided that while single events like Concert for Bangladesh or the No Nukes concert raised money, it made more sense for a one-time single recording with a shitload of celebrities singing together. It was easier to organize, it wasn't a big deal when Michael McDonald show up, didn't show up, and could make may, way more money by reaching a wider audience. And the charity supergroup was born. Celebrities now had an opportunity to appear charitable to a massive audience with only a one-day obligation to a project where someone else had already done all of the work. Oh, those lazy celebrities have exactly. it Today, we're counting down these chari charitable and not-so-charitable songs that attempted to bring aid to causes at home and overseas. Listeners, I give you AIDS. Hey. I always knew you would. What? What, what song is this? This is uh, something to believe in by the Ramones. It's and, their uh, it's their mock charity song. Was that Marky in? And did it, was it? I have a question Squishy. first before we go into the show. Was this cr in, intended to be a mock charity song, or did the was the video just a parody? The video was a parody of uh, a song we'll talk about later. And Richie was on this, not Marky. And I think it was Ed Stasium or one of the producers in the beginning that was talking. Interesting. Uh, you put a pin in that. Yeah, I will. Welcome to Beyond Yacht Rock. It's the podcast that counts down genres that we invent. My name is J.D. Riznar. I'm Hollywood Steve Huey. I'm David Lyons. And I'm Hunter Stare. And because the first genre we ever invented was called Yacht Rock, we like to throw a bone to that genre each and every week. Hunter, what are we listening to right now? We? Who knows? This is a bit of a mystery. We are listening to... <laughs> uh, I think they are Bugatti and Musker. Some know them as the Dukes. If you check out this album, which this song is called So Much In Love, it says both names. It says Bugatti and Mus Musker, the Dukes. So you can flip it around. They can also be they can also be known as the Dukes, Bugatti, and Musker. Like all one thing. I saw somebody write that. No. Okay. That is the. Are, aren't they the Dukes made up of Bugatti and Musker? Isn't Bugatti and Musker an Italian porn genre? Fun facts. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. Let's talk. Let's tell the tale. So, I, you know, uh, a month ago, I guess, uh, four or five weeks ago, I don't know, whenever, I did Quincy Jones as the dude. I broke the seal off a of yacht soul. Yeah, couldn't wait. Thought I'd do it your again. early. Thought I'd do it again with another Yacht Soul song, but these guys are white, so they can't be on the, on the show. 
Um, yeah, they could. I guess they could. We'll Racist. see. We'll see how. We'll see how that, <laughs> we'll see how that that's plays racialist, out. Racialist hunter. Let's see how that plays out next week. Uh, but this is uh, so. I said Bugatti and Musker, the Dukes. So much in love. This is from 1982. Uh, nobody knows the name of the album. Because uh, <laughs> you can't figure it out It's listed multiple ways uh, These guys were a songwriting duo from the UK Where they did some work for Air Supply at Sheena Easton They moved to LA where their sound fit better Because these guys were clearly Yacht Rockers uh, My theory on the name Is that in the UK they were known as the Dukes Because that feels very British, right? Yeah, yeah But when you're going to be a Yacht Rocker And you get to Southern California you can't be the Dukes anymore. You yeah, gotta no, take they, your names. They say a producer says you two have terrible last names. That would be a great name for your group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got to be Bugatti and Musker or Bugatti Musker has to be the name of your band. So that's my theory. So, so they kind of flipped it around and selling it to multiple areas. I didn't realize they'd worked with Air Supply, and the more I hear about people that are working with Air Supply, I'm starting to think that Air Su- Supply might be yacht adjacent. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely yeah. yacht adjacent. They, they sent some people on the high seas of smooth. Yeah. And some pulled into the port of Southern California, like these guys. Uh, this is a very Quincy Jonesy yacht rock jam. If you listen closely, you hear a human nature guitar riff in there. Uh, that's Steve Lukather. You hear that tight Jeff Vaccaro strut. You got Robbie Buchanan, mm. Buchanan from uh, Maxis on Keys. You got a Brecker brother. You got percussionists Paulino da Costa and Steve Foreman. And percussion is very important to Yacht Soul. Maybe we'll talk about that later. It's, just, it's an incredible album. Good luck finding it. This part here, this is the part where it just goes full-on Toto synth. It's just like this yeah. glorious synth cutting through, just like a knife through hot Toto butter. Or a hot knife through Toto butter. No, the Toto butter's hot. Fuck it. Yeah. A, a cold knife through cold hot knife. Toto butter. Yeah, <laughs> get my hands on some Toto butter. And they do have, these guys are more like soul disco, but this album definitely has some Yacht Rock songs on it. It's a great album. On first listen, I thought this song had love letter lyrics, which I don't like in Yacht Rock songs, but upon listening closer, the lyrics are straightforward, but they're from the perspective of a fool who let his love slip through, yeah. and so I think that that's, that's really great. I'm trying to get him back. That's what happens. My bad. I think I just got yeah. AIDS. Yes, it was. I'm getting bad at this. You I'm really are. Sloppy. It's becoming a becoming a thing. Last week was my issue. Last week wasn't my fault. The files were garbage. But thanks, uh, Randy Hatch or whatever. Raleigh Raleigh Hatch, Hatch wasn't Raleigh's fault. But this week I, I misordered the number ten bumper and the what is song. So uh-huh. get Dave, tell us what is AIDS. It's time for you to give our listeners AIDS, Dave. Yeah. Well, this is obviously USA for Africa. We are the world. And it's the queen mother of them all. That's why it's the example. The idea was to get all these stars together and raise money for Africa, and specifically the famine. 
And it was a huge success, raising today's equivalent of over $100 million for the cause. And the fun thing is, you can still go to usaforafrica.com. It's still a charity, and I can't find anywhere to direct to donate money, but you can buy the MP3 through mm -hmm. there, and that's how you still give money. Yeah, the proceeds still go. You, you, you continually buy We Are the World. You can buy this song? Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it still goes to the starving African children. Yeah, we'll, cool. talk, we'll talk a little bit more about it in a bit. <laughs> Uh, but this became the benchmark for every single AIDS song that followed, but none would achieve the success of this one. It's, it was just this perfect storm of celebrity, this sexy cause at a convenient location over at A&M Records, which is now Jim Henson Studios. It was the night of the American Music Awards, and all the artists were already in town. Almost all the winners took part, with the notable exception of Prince. He didn't record with other artists, so he sat out. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, Quincy Jones put up a sign demanding that all his artists check their egos at the door. Oh, Prince must have saw that and yeah, said, I, I like, can't, yeah, it's I'm worth too much. Yeah. I'm fucking here. off from this one, yeah. guys, sorry. Uh, but they stayed up all night recording the song. This song gives me chills. It's sort of a symptom of AIDS, if mm -hmm. you will. Yeah. There's all these big stars getting in and just their big, it's so awesome. And you recognize the voice. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. man. It's great. A lot of these songs are great. Mm -hmm. How do you think they stayed up all night? Oh, probably uh, their care <laughs> just for uh, will? The starving children. Yeah. 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 Probably. That's the only thing to keep you up in 84. Yeah. Maybe vibrant. Probably not cocaine. No. <laughs> no. Um, I do have a bit of a theory about this song, that although it raised a record amount of money for fighting hunger in Africa, I think it also did a lot to help fight a war around the world. A cola war. Oh. A rock and roll or cola war? Mm -hmm. Wait, wait, hold I on. can't take this anymore, Dave. Dave, you forgot to read. Can we pause the music for a dramatic effect here? Oh no, that was your note. <laughs> oh, the answer was no. Oh. We cannot. Got okay. it. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to give you anything, any more buttons to push, over there. <laughs> um, gentlemen, I think this is a giant commercial for Pepsi, oh. which Michael Jackson was endorsing at the time. Yes. The, well, and uh, Ray Charles later, and Lionel Richie later as well. Oh. He was their next big signing oh. after Michael Jackson. Now continue. Any, any Coke people in here? The two biggest. You, you guys didn't read. Oh. Uh, the oh. two biggest singing stars on the planet, well, Michael Jackson you don't have and to Lionel read it Richie. Now. You already said it. Go to your next point. <laughs> Go to your next uh, point. Jesus Christ. It's like we're having a conversation, guys. Yeah. yeah. Wait, well, what? It's a choice the we're making. We're saving our own lives. The choice. Yeah. The lyrics, the choice we're making, we're saving our own lives. The Pepsi slogan at the time was the choice of a new generation. Oh. It's true, it was. And this doesn't sound like a line about feeding hunger in Africa. It sounds like they're trying to get consumers to make a choice. The choice of that of a new generation, a Pepsi generation. And it'll help you save your own life. Fuck the lives in Africa. We're saving our own lives by choosing Pepsi over Coke. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. if my theory is accurate, then it's some of the most brilliant subliminal advertising I've ever seen. And I did take advertising 201 in college. <laughs> oh, 201? Yeah. Yeah, he, he if it's If it's just a coincidence, then somebody really fucked up by not monetizing it, which would explain why their next major aid song was formally sponsored by Coca-Cola. Oh, uh, they're trying to push in on that market before got, Pepsi gets too much of a foothold. I got a question. I know you're a Coke aficionado. Mm -hmm. Not cocaine. Right. That was earlier. Was this New Coke era? I think this was a little after New Coke. I think New Coke was 84? This was after New Coke. I, I can think tell you so. about It's a lot of animosity, so you really are saving yourself. I gotta, share, I gotta share my New Coke Cause, theory. Because okay. New Coke killed people. New Coke, okay. Coke started New Coke because they wanted to stop using real sugar 
in their thing. So they started new Coke to totally change the, the taste of Coke. And so when people wanted the old Coke back, they could present the old Coke with high fructose corn syrup, a slightly different taste that nobody realizes was there because they've been drinking new Coke for a year. Thank you. Wow, another conspiracy theory about yep. cola. Unbelievable. Fascinating. And that's why Mexican Coke is so popular around here in Southern California, because mm-hmm. you can get the original sugar Coke. Yeah. It's sweeter than uh, cane sugar. American Coke. Yeah, cane sugar Coke. Wow. Thanks, uh, Donald Trump. I'm trying to stop that. You know, I talked about Q putting up that sign that said, check your egos at the door, and that ended up becoming a common thing in all these AIDS songs, trying to get people to come together as one. Apparently, Ray Ch- Charles was the voice of reason because he was so well-respected. Um, when someone would come up with their own ideas about how it would go, he'd say, hey, Michael Lionel and Quincy know what they're doing. To be fair, he was probably the one person who couldn't read the sign. Well, him and Stevie, 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 Stevie Wonder. Okay, yeah. one of two people who couldn't read the sign. Uh, so it really felt true coming from him. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ray Charles was also a Pepsi spokesperson. Yeah, that was later, yeah, we, though. We talked about that already, Steve. We mentioned that. It's like we're having a conversation. Uh, I don't, don't want to make this a running bit again, but I just want to say that part of the reason we, have to, we had to have all these celebrity charity recordings was that Reagan cut taxes and government funding for adequate pr- crisis prevention and response. So you had to rely on private charity from rich celebrities. They had to write these big self-congratulatory anthems to manipulate people into parting with their precious, precious money. I have another thing I want to share before we move on. Is that the making of video of this song is a must-watch. It's yeah, incredible. It's you guys really know what great. a big Al Jarreau fan is. It was a great part where Quincy Jones is trying to rein I do, in I Al do Jarreau. know what a big Al Jarreau fan is. Yeah, yeah it's, oh, it's, I am. it's yes. that guy. Me. So, Al Jarreau in this video, he's like this goofball wild card. And he just does nutball stuff and, and Quincy can't control him. And then they just move on. Uh, and what Eldro does in the song is totally different, which means they brought him back once he'd calmed down and taken his meds and had him do just a straightforward. What do you, what do you or, or got made off him, his meds? What do you suppose made him so hyper? J- just soul, love, yeah. Yeah. the power of help. Okay, well, we can, <laughs> we can skip this. It's yeah, like oh, I didn't, I didn't think you put that in. Intro. Yeah, really is. Actually, this is, uh, this is uh, 25 this is- for Haiti doing We Are the World. They redid We Are the World. Jamie Foxx intro did it. premiered at the Olympics, and they only had a, a certain segment of time. But Jamie spoke for like three and a half fucking minutes, <laughs> and they had to end up cutting off the song. <laughs> So, 25 years after the original. Uh, Fun fact about this song, USA for Africa, as J.D. said, is still around and is working to stop the spread of Ebola, specifically in Liberia and Sierra Leone. Uh, It's a very small part of Africa. Well, their main source of funding is still this song. Why did Uh, you read it if I already said it? I already said all of this. Oh, this is a disaster. No, you didn't say the part about Liberia Ebola. and Sierra Leone. I was reiterating the point, JD. Wait, we guys. need a charity song to help our podcast get better. <laughs> Wait, I got it. I just want to say. No, you just need a couple improv classes so you can learn how to listen to each other. I just want to say Lemmy's on this song. Um, he's not. <laughs> oh, he's not. I'm okay, sorry. No. Continue. Sorry. Um. Oh, now I'm way off base. It's all set. You're all good. No, no. The remake made so many people go back and purchase the original because it's so bad. It ended up up raising more money for Africa than it did for Haiti. 
That's a fun fact. Yeah. I should have been, I'm being a real prick today. I'm sorry. <laughs> you really are. Oh, no. really are. I'll rein it back. Uh, well, so here we are 25 years later after the good one. And quote unquote. This, this is yeah, pretty good proof that music might be dying mm-hmm. or yeah. dead. Yeah. 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 Uh, first one had musicians who were, for the most part, gathered from a large pool who wanted to do yacht rock for a charity. Mm-hmm. Here we're just scraping together anyone whose uh, Xanax, in, uh, Xanax intake would wouldn't prohibit them from showing, and then uh, giving them some auto tune. Yeah. You know, so they were like, mm-hmm. at this moment, I'm not having an anxiety attack. Let's get together. Don't knock. We just missed that sweet the warble. warble. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that warble's interesting. Um, Wyclef Jean is from Haiti, and he wanted to sing something in his native Haitian dialect, but nobody knew what the fuck he was doing. So it just sounds oh, it like he's. It, it just sounds like he's trying to yodel. I I went yeah, and watched does. the video because I assumed that that guy was from Haiti like this mm-hmm. they brought like Haiti's most famous musician <laughs> to do that and this was a traditional and then that turned out it was Wyclef Jean yeah and he just can't sing no yeah it's like why Clef why would you do that <laughs> he, here's a fun fact they found he fell under scrutiny when his own human, uh, Haitian relief charity raised 16 million dollars he spent nine of it on offices and salaries mm-hmm. he also paid himself six figures to sing at his own Haitian charity event this is Wyclef? Yeah. 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 And this sounds terrible to say. It's terrible sounding, but I think Wyclef Jean might be the Donald Trump of AIDS. <laughs> hey, man, sometimes you got to call a spade a spade. Uh, whoa, whoa. Careful. What? Careful. What? No, it's it's a, it's a literary. That yeah. is, no, yeah. that's not. It's literary. That's, that's I know, I know, but you get, take that back. Take that back. Wyclef Jean. That's a bit, that's a charged a bit of language. Haitian American citizen. <laughs> This is a disaster. Are we speaking of? Are we to the rap section yet? Because that's the best part. It really of the song. is. I think we can all agree on that. It's the yeah. only thing that, that feels sounds new, fresh, and uh-huh. fresh, and it has people who are good at rapping, what they're doing, yeah. doing the raps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the rest of the As song it, is yeah. just a karaoke bore. Yeah, and they have and they like, put like Justin Bieber like kicking it off, and then what? John, James Groden followed by Tony Bennett. Josh Groban. Are Josh you talking Groban? about? James yeah. James Colburn. <laughs> what didn't wasn't even invited. We just I think we just heard little little John yeah. singing. Uh huh. They have two rappers not rapping but singing terribly. Auto tune. It's the why. I want to hear the rap, but I don't want to stick around in the song much longer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this it's is pretty bad. Wait, without the rap, you just this just reinforces that this song is basically a glorified, overblown choir version of "It's a Small World After All." Yeah. Except for Jennifer Hus- Hudson. She, well, she's amazing. Yeah, yeah she's, she's, yeah, she's great. incredible. Okay, well, she deserved to be at the original. I hand. do like at the end of this video though, when plastic surgery Lionel Richie comes on camera and he just reads like, "Wow." Off a cue card. <laughs> That's oh, a lot to remember. Sums it up. Oh, and another good note on this: Vince Vince Vaughn, yes, played the role of, of Dan, Dan Aykroyd. Aykroyd. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine. Huh. That's the Legend of Zelda, <laughs> two. Is there oh, a contest okay. on this one? Because I got it. <laughs> There's not. Yeah. But you win. Who sent in the bumpers? I forgot. I'll get to his name at the end. All right. Uh, okay, this is number nine. This Trey is McClure. Troy McClure. Troy McClure. Troy McClure. You may know him you from such know bumpers him. as Beyond Yacht Rock, <laughs> yeah. episode 39. 
Okay, we're uh, with the Voices of America now. This is Hands Across America. Uh, currently on the T-shirt that I just want to say, wearing. I just want to say that I'm wearing a T-shirt that has Hands Across America on it because Dave bought one off of eBay and it was too. It was he thought he was buying a large. It's actually a child's large, so and it fits me as a 41-year-old man. Now it's Steve's. Dave had the worst week this week. He was up every day at four in the morning working his ass off. <laughs> Barely had time to work on this. He did a great job putting this episode together, and we are making his life miserable. Honestly, it's fine. That's what we do, though, right? I yeah, love it. We do. I just enjoy my time with you fellas. Steve is the only one it doesn't affect. The rest of us, we get thrown. <laughs> yeah, we get thrown. <laughs> Um, hands across and you mock my improv skills. Yeah, well, your <laughs> lack of improv skills is what is what keeps is us what all going. Solidifies you. <laughs> um, this one was a big one for me because I actually participated in Hands Across America, by which I went as far as to buy the T-shirt, and then it rained on the day they were doing it, and I stayed home. And there were big gaps all across the Midwest. And was it's this in probably, Ohio? This was in Indiana. This was in Indiana. Indianapolis. It was scheduled as the same day as the Indy 500. Which is terrible planning. Yeah. Um, the Midwest was mostly covered, though. Wasn't it mostly, like, once you get into the central states, like Arizona and stuff? Yeah. Where it's yeah, it never, it never got up to Michigan. It wasn't in the south. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, this, I don't really remember this too much because I grew up in Flint and we didn't need yeah, any help. You, nobody, no. Not in 85. You guys are doing just yeah, fine. Yeah, it was great there. So, <laughs> uh, This is also USA for Africa, but it was poorly timed with another event on the same day called Sport Aid, which was very poorly attended in the United States due to the conflict with this one. USA for Africa put on two charity events on the same day. <laughs> like a group that does one thing a year. So this this song this song is clearly like a demo that they were never able to coordinate into a We Are the World super recording like before like this is these are all session singers right well, yeah I, look, I looked I looked yeah. them up uh, from the YouTube credit said that uh, the the little blurb on the YouTube video credits the voices of America Joe Sarasano and Sandy Farina Farina mm-hmm. yeah and, uh, and they were top session demo singers mm-hmm. at the time yeah and they, some they other no name anywhere and some other no name session guys called Toto. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's. If you but if you watch the video, that's the thing to watch. It's star studded. You got Kenny Rogers, Crockett yep. and Tubbs in character, mm-hmm. C3PO, Yucky Up, yeah. Robin Williams, Glenn Close, Lily Tomlin, fucking Barishnikov. Bob, Bob Seeger was in there, I think. Cool. And then there's also Michael in Douglas. In Michigan by himself, going, what the fuck? He was there's in also, San Bernardino. Uh-huh. There's also Michael Douglas and his young son who would grow up to be a monster. So, hey, hands across America. Uh, shout out to the New Jersey Mass Choir for doing the backup singing yeah. on this. Also. Yeah. The, uh, the guys that wrote, most of the people that wrote these songs are, are decent names, people we've heard before. Two of the writers on this don't even have a Wikipedia page. And one of them uh, is another guy who's known for absolutely nothing. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Good facts, right? This, this song, to me, sounds like those Real Men of Genius beer commercials from that, a few years yes. ago. That is a really good point. I would, yes. not yeah. be, I would not be surprised if one of these guys sang that. Look it up, Internet. Let's find out. Oh, uh, so Coke did sponsor this. Yeah. Yeah, not you can Pepsi. see that on my T-shirt right now. Citibank. In association with yes. Citicorp. And I wanted to say Citibank, who I want to remind everybody, uh, had a very big hand in almost bankrupting our country mm-hmm. and sending us into the worst recession. Uh, the important thing, though, is that they way. gave money to African charities. Mm-hmm. 
There's a real strong intro. Sounds like the air being let out of a balloon. <laughs> Something bad happened. In 1987, a passenger ferry, the Herald of Free Enterprise, capsized oh, and sunk off the coast of uh, Zeebrugge in Belgium. 193 people died. The reason it sunk, the person responsible for closing the door was napping. Sleeping, yeah. That sounds like uh, Free Enterprise in a nutshell right there. Yeah. The British newspaper. Paradise. This is uh, Let It Be. Uh, this is Fairy Aid. Fairy um, Aid. <laughs> Uh, the British newspaper The Sun had run a promotion of offering cheap tickets, which ended up increasing the amount of people on the doomed ship. Oh, jeez. The Sun organized this aid to raise money for victims of the families. However, they came under criticism, specifically from, get this, the band Chumbawamba. Oh, yeah, when they were, when they were like an anarchist yeah. collective. Yeah, they were yeah. anarchists, yeah. yeah. Uh, they released a parody calling out the real motives of the Sun newspaper, which they believed to be trying to cover their own asses yeah. and appear charitable. That's, that's true. Well, you know, rich capitalists got us into this mess, so rich celebrities can get us out. There you, you go. Know? <laughs> yeah, and just a reminder, uh, while the UK is standing in lockstep with their European bre brethren uh, supporting free trade, they just Brexited the European Union. Again, we've lost our ways since these AIDS. Yeah. Yeah. Hunter, talk about the song choice. Hey, well, okay. Let It Be is a weird song because it's really a song that's like inward. It's about like anger or anxiety or. or, or it's about the fifth stage of grief. Depression. Acceptance. Well, yeah, it's, it's about. Letting it just kind of wash over you and happen, and then like a big old wave, like grieving, and then <laughs> yes, and then and then letting it happen. Yeah, that's not that's not the best metaphor because <laughs> actually it's pretty accurate. Yes, but the, them doing this song is literally them not letting it be. Yeah, the they, whole the whole point of this genre is to take action, yes. mm -hmm. not to like put your hands back and go, hey, everything's cool. Yeah, hey, the ship sunk. Yeah. What this, can you do? Uh, let it be. The ship sail. This is I about think, like settling down. Settle down. Mm -hmm. Give it a little time. Let's just let it be. Let's just see what happens. Let's let it lie. Uh, I think the message of this song is please don't sue the sun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ultimately, Ultimately, that's just what it is. just yeah. let that be. <laughs> These celebrities are going to do a charity record. It's okay. All they're, the money will be paid for by somebody else. They're yeah. speaking to lawyers. They could have picked a worse song for a fairy disaster, though, like Rock the Boat by the Hughes Corporation. Yeah. Don't rock or, uh, the boat, baby. Don't tip the boat over right uh, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald I was just <laughs> would have been a real that. poor choice <laughs> I have it's not idea. even the right boat oh, I have a great song for this charity everyone oh we're laughing at people's Canadian uh, Canadian uh, two-hit wonder Gordon Lightfoot you know what's interesting Brian Ferry not on this song no easily could have been um, um, they should have done it. Man, if they're going to call a band Fairy Aid, they should have. Remember that girl who fell down a well? They should Jessica, have done. Baby it, Jessica. Yeah, baby baby Jessica. Jessica. They should have yeah. done Well Aid for Baby Jessica. They should have named. Wait, oh, wait. That, that was a Simpsons song. Shh, 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 shh. Oh, hi, Kate Bush. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was that's, that's the best part of this song. They should have done a. Uh, and now it's over. A benefit for uh, uh, Jonestown and called it Kool Aid. I just realized sending our love down the well from The Simpsons. Yeah. That's an AIDS. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We should have had that one on here instead of uh, We Are the World 25. <laughs>
Kate Bush break was amazing. <laughs> yeah. There are really good s- singers on that last. There one. are. There really are. Boy George specifically brings it. Uh, but this is Voices That Care with the uh, wait no this is the voices voices that care yeah voices that care with with voices that care off the is album it, voices that care um probably i didn't dig that deep okay album title or name band, title band song? album song band album song bass uh, hunter you want to kick this That's one off the unmistakable oh, okay. tones of peter Cetera right sure there. another fucking yacht rock charity mm-hmm. oh and uh, they're fucking wagging the dog on this this is not really an aid. Mm-hmm. They're convincing Americans that the Gulf War is a good thing and that supporting supporting a bad war equals supporting the troops. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, yeah I, this is not dog wagging as much as it is. Oh shit, oh, we were assholes to the troops after Vietnam. Oh good, another war we can make up for. Yeah, this is the first chance we've had to make up for it. Oh, they're we tapping have, into that. They're definitely tapping. Yeah, this into is that. this is yeah. total liberal guilt over Vietnam veteran thing. This is that's that absolutely what this song is. But it also has an ulterior motive: is to allow us to basically go into Operation Desert Storm, which I I don't know if you guys remember this, which was built on Cheney's first lie, which is that uh, Saddam Hussein was about to attack Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. I remember that. And it wasn't true. Yep. Yeah, he was just in. He, he just wanted to invade Kuwait. And yeah, well, he was already in Kuwait. But yeah. They said they said he's moving. He's on the. He's now on the border of Kuwait. And anyways, and also, the Kuwaiti royal family hired a an ad agency, which is I think I, I don't know. I think it was Hill Knowlton. To you don't say. To I'm pretty sure it was. And I hope it was. <laughs> well, let's let's think about it. Let's maybe talk about it a little more. Well, but they, I'm just saying this may be part of that that ad, like oh, blanket, okay. right? Okay. Because they also like found out they 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 spent like millions of dollars to find out what would turn America to the war, and it was playing on people's emotions. It was yeah. AIDS. It was babies. Well, this right. was this is the first one on this list that had no intention of raising any money for the effort. It was just like, hey, everybody. Let's make them feel better. Let them know we're thinking about them. We'll sing this song for them. And I've never been in any kind of combat. I've never served this country. But I think if I had, I don't think hearing a song with Janie Lane, Sally Field, and Wayne Gretzky's wife <laughs> is going to help <laughs> Janet me. Janet Jones? And the big thing about this, it came out, it was released two days after the operation was over. Oh, really? <laughs> really? Well, I still oh, had to stay it. there. Yeah. But I guess, I guess that, that my my dream of a of a troop like plowing down Saddam's <laughs> troops with a machine gun while listening to Michael Bolton sing. Yeah, they're not listening yeah. to War Ensemble by Slayer or uh, Battery by Metallica. Yeah. No, no troops want to listen to this song. <laughs> Uh, they, they also don't want to see Dudley Moore, John Lovitz, with his <laughs> arm around Jimmy Buffett singing yeah. with Oral Hershiser and the Boz. Don't forget Marcus Allen. He was in there. Um, Peter, uh, C- oh, sorry, uh, go ahead. Peter Cetera is, is heavily featured in this, which is weird because it was 1990. He was kind of irrelevant at the time, but he co-wrote the song. Yeah, that's with uh, who? Uh, David Foster. David Foster. As well. yeah. this is kind of a yacht rock yacht song. Rock. Mm-hmm. And Mark Knopfler is on this song. He gave us AIDS on the last song. Mm-hmm. So he's gave, given us AIDS two times in a row. Oh, Billy D. Williams and uh, indie race car driver Emerson Fittipaldi <laughs> also in there. <laughs> this is a great video to watch, a great snapshot of the time. It is, it is. Anything else? <laughs> Meryl Streep was on there? That was weird. Number six. <laughs> 
<laughs> Shivers up and down my yeah. spine with this. Northern one. Lights, tears are not enough. <laughs> side B. This, yeah, this is a uh, yeah. The side B from uh, USA for Africa is Canada's Canadas. Uh, this is Canada's answer to a question that Quincy Jones asked at the last minute. Uh, Q had something called Tears Are Not Enough from Bob Rock and pitched it to David Foster as a possible famine relief song. Uh, David Foster listened to it and said, well, the title's pretty good. <laughs> uh, but Foster took it to Jim Valance and they came up with this. It was written and recorded in under two weeks in order to be included on the USA for Africa album. But it actually raised over $3 million for the cause and Canada kept 10% of the profits to fund their own food banks. Fucking Canada. Did we do that with We Are the World? No. no. Because we don't care about our poor. That's true. This is America. <laughs> Good point. Good point. So we're anybody who's poor in America, it's their own fault. I thought they were the assholes. Touche, we're the assholes. Yep. Yes. Um, the video for this song is great. It's like an Olin Mills photo shoot of the ugliest white people on oh, the planet. Oh, it's so bad. And also Brian Adams and Corey Hart, who are there, awesomely handsome. There are more people Brian in this Adams? video that look like Nickelback than there are people in Nickelback <laughs> that look like Nickelback. They all look like Nickelback when they're 80 years old. Yeah. Like I mean, ugly old people. Who knew that? Yeah, it was like that Burton, Burton Cummings and people like that. Burton Cummings actually wasn't in this. Oh, he was Like, they really, really wanted him. No, they, he's in no, he is, oh. but uh, Jim Valance had to fly to Germany. Found out he had like 48 hours to get Burt Cummings. Um, so he flew all the 22 hour flight to Germany, found him, realized he hadn't agreed to do it yet. <laughs> Dave, you're talking, you're telling your story about Bruce Coburn. Oh, is it? I don't know. Bruce, that's what you wrote in your I notes. I don't know who these fucking Canucks are. <laughs> Bruce, Bert, Burton Bert. Cummings is a rotund man with a mustache. Oh, he's the one that looks like an aging Vinny apiece that's in the yes. beginning of this video. Yeah. 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 Oh, he's cool. And you know, Dan Aykroyd said, fuck you to yeah, Canada. Yeah. I'm but in the main one, didn't. guys. SCTV didn't. Uh -huh. Because they have like three or four John Candy, oh, mm -hmm. Getty Lee. You have to. That was a law in Canada. That Getty yeah, Lee Getty Lee had to appear. Yeah. <laughs> did you I, get, did you get a Getty Lee? No, sorry. I, they really. I think they really uh, missed an opportunity to get a lot more stories in this song. Yeah, like telling Africans sorry that we have so much food, much more food than you. <laughs> they actually made jokes like that in the making of video. Like in the making of video, somebody joked like, maybe they should say only we could make a difference, and everybody <laughs> laughed. And then the, the the conductor was like, ha ha ha, no, okay, let's move on. Didn't don't they bring in the French Canadians separately to do their own? They because it's Canada, they also recorded a version of this in French. There is like one token French line in this version yeah. too. Mm -hmm. But if you. I I think if you watch the video, they're like, it's separate from the English Canadians. Boy, guys, the, these songs so far, they've been really indistinguishable from one another musically. They're just yeah. these big, simple choral mm -hmm. anthems. Like, they're not There's musically a, oh, interesting enough to be that. The thing that just happened, boom, boom, and then the, the choir sings. That's yeah, not yeah. a cliche in yeah. these songs. These are so overblown, and they, when you stack them, a bunch of them on top of one another like this, they really lose a lot of that anthemic power. It's, it's all just attempted majesty, and it just collapses into a big ball of meh. Thank God our chemistry is on fire in this episode, guys. Yeah, we're really holding it together. Uh, I will say, the, the choir part is important because that allows you to get celebrities who can't sing in there mm -hmm. to... To hold a microphone yeah. up against their ear, not yeah. take off their sunglasses. And move their mouth while the yeah. camera pans. Exactly. Let's get back to America. Thank God. <laughs> 
Wait, this has that anthemic thing too, right? Just looking for a reason to clap, aren't you? Eight. Oh, some good dead air there. Gentlemen. <laughs> yes, Steve? Before AIDS became an epidemic, it was the unfortunate brand name of an appetite suppressant candy, candy spelled A-Y-D-S, which was withdrawn from the market by the end of the 80s for obvious reasons. There are plenty of commercials available on YouTube that are jam-packed with cringe-inducing lines about the good points of AIDS, like it doesn't make you nervous. <laughs> but there's also new peanut butter aids. <gasps> Look them up. Why are you talking like you're in a library? Why is candy? It, because it's candy, about to get somber. He's about to talk about. It's about, about to get somber. It's gonna take a dark turn, Dave. Why, why would candy make you nervous? Continue, Steve. Steve's gonna bum us out. Go, Hunter. Go watch the commercials. In 1983, okay. the disease AIDS claimed one of its first famous victims. The guy we're listening to right now, bizarro alien new wave cabaret opera singer Klaus Nomi, hero of the downtown New York avant-garde scene. That's right, gentlemen, we're in New York. I've burned New York on the AIDS episode, and now we're Dave will talk not... talk about Klaus Nomi. Dave will never get to do a CBGB's band to represent New York. That's all right. We've heard enough of the Ramones on Max the Max is Kansas City. Is what you that really was the better of the... Yeah. Um, Steve put this song on here late, so we didn't have a chance to name artists from New York. But I don't think we need to. I There's a shit ton. Are there uh, any? Jay-Z. The Ramones. Oh, yeah. They're Lady from Gaga. JD uh-huh. just pulled it up on his The, the New York Philharmonic. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. The Beastie Boys. Which Philharmonic? The New York Philharmonic. Ah. The Notorious B.I.G. Talking Heads. 50 Cent. I thought he was from Detroit. <laughs> oh, no. Ah, okay, I don't trust this list anymore. He's, no, he's not from Detroit. What else? Is, is there anything else to say about this Klaus Nomi guy? He's from Dakota. Um, well, he he um, wore a bunch of makeup, had a very specific look. Uh, Black he was, and white. He was brought to fame when he sang. Was it backup for David Bowie? Yes. Like yeah, he was. He show? was like he was he he was kind of known as a live performer around New York for like a year. He, he debuted live in '78. Uh, David Bowie, like, oh my God, who is this guy? And uh, brought him on Saturday Night Live with him. Uh, to sing backup with another guy, Joey Arias. And that helped. I think that kind of helped him get a record deal eventually. He did two albums in his lifetime. Uh, this is the title track of the second one. It's called Simple Man. Uh, he, and Klaus Nomi was also known for wearing... Uh, he had, patterned after David Bowie, he had like a triangular vinyl tuxedo made for himself that made him look even weirder and more It was very bow-tied. It honestly yeah. looked a little more like Joe Bright than David Bowie, if you want my opinion, but... You just wanted to drop that deep reference in there. Actually, I just thought of it at the moment. <laughs> uh, New York known as the Radio City, if the uh, music hall is anything... Mm-hmm. Uh... You know what other bands are from New York? is huh? uh, They're upstate New York. There was a death metal scene with uh, bands like Malevolent Creation and uh, Incantation. Hmm. A couple more that... Uh, I think I'd, Suffocation. I'd like to apologize to Steve for my deep reference. <laughs> just gotta let it go. Is want to get out of New York. And the Goo Goo Dolls are from Buffalo. Cool. Everything good comes from Buffalo. And shout out to uh, Lance Diamond. Yeah, and our friend Jeremy, who played Skunk. 
is from uh, Buffalo. Oh, big, yeah. big supporter of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Big friend, I want to give an epitaph for Klaus Nomi real quick. He died in August of 83 before most of the medical community knew what AIDS was. He was 39 years old. And by the time the Reagan administration decided to speak publicly about the threat to America's health, over 20,000 Americans... <laughs> 20,000 Americans had already died from AIDS. Klaus Nomi, we hardly knew ye. At least we have your music. Oh, plug hole. Fuck. Okay. I thought we were going to get back to making light of AIDS. (laughs) Well, listen. (laughs) We'll get there. Here's our our, our OC Defender bed. Yeah, I love this guy. It stands for Ocean City Defender. Ocean mm-hmm. City Defender. Not Orange County. You want to make you sure. Gotta make sure. Yeah. Um, we also plugged to some of the talented writers who have contributed to the Captain's Blog on yeah, YachtRock.com. There have been a bunch. So go to YachtRock.com. Read Michael Grasso's incredibly smart defense of Yacht Rock as uh, music for and by the proletariat. Follow him on Twitter at Museum Michael and check out his podcast about WKRP in Cincinnati called Hold My Order, Terrible Dresser, and a podcast on the film Velvet Goldmine called The Whole Shebang. He's a smart guy. These are probably great podcasts. Yeah. Uh, he's also a contributing editor at We Are the Mutants, an online magazine about Cold War era pop and outsider culture. Check it all out. Check out all of Michael Grasso's shit, everyone. He's talented and interesting. We have uh, t-shirts for sale, yachtrock.com. You can buy them. You look real sweet. They're premium t-shirts. Don't be an asshole. Buy a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah and you know, the Bob Seger shirts are on there, too. And this is going to be the last run of Bob Seger shirts. Like the, the pre- <laughs> I the, can't believe that. you ordered another really, goddamn I, run of those. I didn't you finally order, got rid of them. I didn't order a run. We're pre-ordering, but we oh, need right. enough pre-ordering. orders. And the orders aren't coming in fast enough to justify a second run after this one. So Good. this is your last chance to get the I'm Bob Seger shirts. Pre-order today, any size you can dream of. Uh, it's on there. Um, I also want to plug us. Just say, yeah, we're great. Yeah. We're great fucking guys. I went, we went to see Yacht Rock Review. They were very great. We'll talk about them later. America's preeminent Yacht Rock cover band. Uh, the world's preeminent Yacht Rock cover <laughs> band. But um, a couple guys recognized me from our old web show and came up and said hi. And they were like, what are you up to now? And I'm like, we have a podcast called Beyond Yacht Rock. Have you heard of it? And they were like, no. Both of them, the guys who liked our web show enough Two to come them? up and say hi. Were they together? Two. They were not together. Oh, so, did you introduce them? Uh, so to each listen, other or to the yeah, podcast? To each other. Here's they might what, have been friends. I have a job for all of you out there. Um, we have to do a better job of spreading the word. So everyone, email five to one thousand of your friends <laughs> who enjoyed the web show back in the day and tell them about the podcast. Let's get those fans of the web show and fans of the podcast ratio up. You should also write us a review on iTunes. People that know about these sort of things tell us that it's really important. Yeah, to tell, tells the algorithm that there's activity happening on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, and go to writercoffee.com. We talked about it at the top of the show, probably, if the ad went on. And writercoffee.com, mm-hmm. uh, subscription coffee, so good. Art on the bags. Art yeah. Fresh beans. beans. Yeah. Promo code yeah. Yacht Rock. Sweet hot beans. Promo code Yacht Rock for 30% off your first bag of beans. This is a good show to have think, kids on. Yeah, it sounds like intro on it sounds like somebody's too. yelling at those kids kind of in the background. Okay. Wow. This is uh, Rock Aid Armenia. With, That's uh, the worst band name yet. Yep. 
uh, with smoke on the water. It's like a Frankenstein. Rock eat Armenia. Might be an Armenian trying to. Uh, never mind. Uh, 1988, Armenia suffered a terrible earthquake. It's reported that over 45,000 people were killed. Wow. That's, that's way more people than listeners to this podcast. I guess a bunch of British dudes felt bad enough to do a cover of a Deep Purple song. It's also the first time that Russia asked the United States for aid since World War II. Oh, they asked? They yeah. asked us? Gorbachev oh. asked. Well, Gorbachev was in America with Reagan when this earthquake hit. Oh. And asked America for help. Because I got all huffy about how we're giving aid to... I mean, there were, were there any Americans in this? Because there's somehow... Brian Adams showed up to this one too, right? Yeah, well, he, Brian which, Adams was available. Which a heavy metal and prog guys. Yeah. Um, but th- to me, this was like this was like Yugoslavia doing a song for the Northridge earthquake or something like that. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it just didn't fit that mm-hmm. like this Armenia was a satellite of the USSR at that time, and they were trying to. But if they, no, they were in the it, USSR. Yes. I mean, yes. they weren't a satellite. They were okay, in yes, the thing. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. I mean, they, yes, they, it was. They were part of the USSR, which was the United Soviet Socialist States, Republic. Soviet Socialist, anyways, whatever. They were a part of it. Yes. This um, this was on an album, a whole album of, of songs. It was a weird eclectic mix, like you say. It, yeah, this, there were some strange kind of, songs on like, there. This song you say is kind of prog, but like there's no prog. The bands theme. are super proggy, and even like the heavy metal bands are like kind of prog metal because they're like they, these guys aren't making three minute tight three minute heavy metal songs these these guys are six plus minute songwriters and i think it's hilarious that they took the first song everybody learns on guitar (laughs) the easiest song possible and they progged the shit out of it this is like a fucking prog wet dream let's make it overly complex but if you get the rock aid armenia album it it had like freeze all right now yes's least prog song owner of a lonely heart (laughs) and we built this city jukebox hero like, I can't figure out what they're trying to do. They're trying to do an aid album without writing any new material at uh, all. Yeah. There you go. Um, I was excited because Bruce Dickinson was on this one. It's, it, I think it's a great idea taking Rock's most simple song mm-hmm. and getting a bunch of complex rockers and seeing what they can do with it. Yeah, it, it, it worked for Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, they George Lucas this. Exactly. They totally George Lucas this song. So what you're saying, Hunter, is that despite trying to help Armenia, this song is a real turkey. Oh. <laughs> That's a good bumper. <laughs> exactly what that joke deserved. That's at number four. We're on number four. Yeah. Well, it's flying by. This is the uh, this is the very first one, guys. This is Do They Know It's Christmas by Band Aid. This is the good one. Yeah. Because this is when they... This is the original, This right? is the first one. So yeah. they, this is kind of a tight song. Mm-hmm. Former uh, Boomtown Rats frontman Bob Geldof was about to have a career as a dude that got famous people together to sing. Did okay. not benefit the Boomtown Rats at all. No, nothing Nothing really did. Um, but I like this as a, as an AIDS song, and I also like this as a Christmas song. I put it on my Christmas mix. Oh, it's a great Christmas song. Totally works. You hear that beat? Yeah. yeah. That driving beat, that, that drum beat? That gallop. kind of kind of sounds like a Phil Collins song, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. You know why? Phil Collins playing drums. Oh, he's yeah. so good. 
Yeah, this is a this is a good song. This is a legitimately a good song. You can put that. I mean, it helps that it's in the genre of Christmas. Yeah. Which used to be. I don't know if you guys know this. This used to be my fav- favorite Dave joke. When anybody asked him what his favorite genre oh, yeah. of music was, he would say Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got that from my friend Ryan Marsicki, dude. I went to college with. It's a good joke. Yeah, it's a really great joke. He had an orange 9mm shirt, which is a pretty obscure band. People were like, oh, hey man, what kind of music do you like? Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is one of the top 25 singles of all time. And interestingly enough, there's a whole bunch of Christmas songs on there. Like one and three are both Bing Crosby Christmas songs. Number four, best selling single of all time, Mungo Jerry in the Summertime. I was really surprised to find that out. In in Britain or like all time? No, all all time. I'm basing this on a Wikipedia list. I gotta look at that list. Yeah. Yeah, so this was 22 or 23. I'm Um, I'm basing this next fact from something I read that this was, the song was just a big Coke party. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they're having a good time while making this. I'll bet. Do they know it's Christmas time? Yeah, what? Well, it was, they coked out of their minds. And when they it say... It snowing in there. When they say <laughs> there won't be snow in Africa this Christmas... <laughs> it's because they snorted it all. Because <laughs> oh, oh. yeah, there's never snow in Africa. Uh, um, and... <laughs> Uh, and like We Are the World 1, it's really well produced. Everything works together. Not like that awful piece of shit, We Are the World Haiti. Um, this one raised $15 million for Ethiopia, and it was enough money to make a real change and is the catalyst for all the AIDS that swept over Africa after. So this is the, this is the hunter. Jesus so this is like the hunter uh, macheteing the monkey and accidentally cutting himself yeah. of the AIDS shot. Why do? That's how they say AIDS was created, because monkeys had it, and then a, a uh, dude hunter, slaughtered a monkey. Oh, uh, slaughtered a monkey and cut himself. Not you. You didn't. <laughs> or you as that confused in, me too. Uh, in, see, you guys make fun of me for spelling out homophones, but that totally threw me off. Uh, there was a dude in my sophomore biology class that, when we were asked if anyone knew how AIDS started to spread, this this piece of shit dude in the back said some homo fucked a monkey. Oh god. Oh, uh, it was awful. I hadn't oh. thought about that in years. That was what the 80s felt like. Uh, that was the 80s. That was, everybody was saying shit like that. Uh, Fuck yeah. the 80s. Uh, I want to talk about Bono's line here. It's so fucking let's, stupid. Yeah, let's do that. Let's make fun of Bono. He says, uh, tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. And it's so smug. That's a, that's a very British, I think. Well, it well, was. He's Irish. He should know yeah. better. And it was, but like it was it. written by Bob Geldof. But oh, yeah. when they redid it, he uh, changed it to, tonight, we're reaching out and touching you. What? And I can, only, I can only assume AT&T didn't get upset because he ripped off their slogan from the 80s. And thank God all those white people were around to save Africa. No. Not it's Andrew fun. Ridgely. Three. Yeah, they didn't let him in any of these, did no. they? He's never there. The other guy was there. Oh, thank God. Andrew Ridgely was probably really busy. He was working on his album. Yeah. He still is. Oh. Thank God, guys. There's an original song that doesn't sound like it was written for fourth grade choir. <laughs> this is the West Coast All-Stars. We're all in the same gang. And this is another one that had no intention of raising any money for charity. The point was to raise awareness for Stop the Violence movement, which it really did. Uh, the movement was started by KRS-One as an effort to return hip-hop to its original vision, which has nothing to do with violence. He formed the movement after a fan got killed in a fight at a Public Enemy Boogie Down production show. And his original DJ, Scott LaRock, was also killed uh, 
gun violence trying yeah, to break trying up to, the fight. Yeah, that's that's the that event also helped him uh, to form the movement. Yeah, and I'll tell you something. This song actually worked, and it worked hard because mm-hmm. if you look at this came out in 1990. Yeah. You look at the violent crime statistics. If if gangs were completely and entirely responsible for violent crime, you see the, it peak a little in 91, and then it just plummets. Yeah. And it's still plummeting. This song worked. This is a great AIDS. Yeah. This worked like a like a motherfucker. Yeah. These AIDS destroyed uh, a whole uh, group of uh, gang people. Yeah. That and unleaded gas. Yeah. Unleaded gas. Lead in people's systems makes them have violent tendencies. I yeah. pray for yeah, so in 20 years. Mad yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's very interesting that while the message was anti-gang violence, they still call themselves the West Coast All-Stars. They still wanted to uh, draw a line in the sand between them and the East Coast rap scene. Seems like a little bit of a fuck you. <laughs> Uh, well, I still didn't get much respect from the East Coast because the East Coast invented rap. Yeah. Like, uh, and it was, well, it was KRS-One that started it, and he was East Coast, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he was from the, the Bronx. Yeah. Boogie Down Productions. Oh, another uh, New York night. Yeah, yeah, Boogie Down Productions, yeah. But also, you kind of had to have a separate West Coast group because the airfare would have been prohibitive getting all these people together. I mean, would it? A bunch of them, like, there's some hippie hop in there, in, in this, and they were, yeah, they I came down from Oakland yeah. to LA. Yeah, but that's different. That's a, you can drive that. You also got the Fat Boys in here. Really? Really? Yeah. In fact, I think they kicked off the video. Maybe they were a couple in. It's either them or Run DMC. Was anybody doing public service? Was this any? This service. is a really good question because this kind of seems like this sort of seems like. Uh, remember, we uh, we went to um, three of us went to Michigan State University, and you remember those commercials, Terry Hanks for Sundash Chevrolet. Uh, Market, write it down in the dust on your dash. Yeah. And he'd always say, "Stay off the drugs, kids." Yeah, and that was his community service because he was busted with like 25 pounds of cocaine. <laughs> well, that's like uh, uh, Robert Evans. Yeah, exactly. Got busted. Trafficking cocaine in 1981 and had to do a TV special, which was essentially AIDS, tele- televised AIDS, called "Get High on Yourself." So there's there's a really good possibility that a lot of these guys had concealed weapons charges pending, and their community service was they have to give something back. So they uh, tried to tell people, "Don't uh, don't be in gangs," even though that's how we market our music. And a lot of it could be other songs too, not just this one. I'm excited about this one. In fact, it's my second favorite song on the countdown. That's why it's number two. That's why it's number two. (laughs) This is the first song on the list that I would listen to on purpose. Yeah. This is uh, Hearin Aid, We're Stars. That's Dio kicking it off there. That's Who a terrible, it's a terrible name. Cries for the children. That's what happens when the heavy metal dudes try to be clever. Uh, they it, just end up being adorable. It's they, like something your grandma would name. They could have called it Dragon Aid, Metal Aid, Riffin Aid, Lickin Aid. Because see, a Hearin Aid is what you're going to need after you listen to this sweet ass yeah. fucking metal too loud. Grandpa, you won me over. <laughs> I like it now. Uh, this one was also to fight famine in, in Africa, and it raised over a million dollars. What's funny, if you look on Wikipedia, it cites the fact of uh, that one million dollar thing as Ronnie James, James Dio's MySpace page. <laughs> <laughs> we sold, a, we made a million dollars. This song might be metal. M E D A L. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely heavy. It doesn't have that synth touch on it. It's got a lot of uh, a lot of guitar solos in it, though. And a couple references uh, about reaching for that oh, rainbow. They're touching the rainbow. Yeah. That's way more difficult than touching the sky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's yeah. touching the sky plus. Yeah. I mean, a, ra- you, a rainbow you, is harder to grasp. Always have a sky. Yeah, Rainbows are, are a rare. Sky very special circumstance at all times. Um, I'm a. Uh, I love hearing other people sing Dio's goofball lyrics in this one. I mean, it's great. It's great. Listen to this. Some other guy screaming, touch a rainbow? <laughs> only Dio, I've only ever heard him say things like touch He's a rainbow. He's obsessed with rainbows. Yeah. yeah. He also enjoys pitting opposites against one another. And you know what? Jump from the tiger for a minute, JD. <laughs> okay. When did this goofball thing start? Because you've been throwing it around a lot lately. I like the term. I like the. I like. It the, like, seems like you like saying "dude" like when you're hanging out. Hey, dudes, what's going on? Well, like, that I like to say like goofball. Dude, that sums yeah. me up yeah. pretty accurately. Um, I think either it's a word you use to replace swears for being around your kids. Nope. Or you've been experimenting with barbiturates in the early 1960s. Mm-mm, no. Are you hepped up on goofballs? Exactly. It's, a way, it's a way I can insult you guys without sounding mean. Ah. Listen to it in that context. It sounds now. lighthearted. When did you ever care about being mean? Not yeah, being you, mean. <laughs> I know. Trolling tra- our listeners on Twitter for like weeks. I'm trying to lighten. I'm trying to lighten things up. Water it down a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, you really came on strong around uh, track ten. Oh, hey guys, guitar solo. Holy oh, shit! Oh, 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 I just, oh. I just want to say it's about time somebody figured out how to shake up this all-star charity song format. Like, it doesn't matter if you get a bunch of pop stars in to sing one line a piece, and then they all have like a 60-person choir where you can't tell the difference. Get every guitar hero in metal in one room and have them shred the shit out of something, and that's what they're doing. You got everybody from Engve Melmstein to Neil fucking Sean. Yeah. yeah. Like, the, the, this guitar quote, solo, unquote, is one of the most epic things ever committed to tape. I will... It will, what do you call it, Steve? It will jar you out of your bourgeois complacency. Yeah, that's what I do with my art films that I shoot in my apartment. I've never wanted to write a check so bad in my life. I really like the guitar solos. I think you guys are taking, gonna take this the wrong way. But while I was watching the video, it felt very jazz improvisational. And it felt weird to me because there was well, a bunch of guys with their guitars waiting for their turn. Well, here's what actually... Oh, kind of like our podcast. Here's what actually <laughs> happened. Um, we're, they, we're very jazz and They recorded... No, we're just sitting around waiting for our turn. They recorded almost the uh, entire song with each individual musician, each singer. They did the whole thing. And then they picked which bits they wanted to put where. Every guy did their own guitar solo, and then they just sort of melded them all together. And if you think about it that way, it's kind of amazing how well it works. It would have been cooler if they would have been back-to-back. Yeah, well, that's back-to-back-to-back-to-back times seven. That's like 32 backs. Number one. JD's really trying to get us under an hour. Yeah, well, we got a heart out of the studio today. Uh, all right, number one song, Artists Against Apartheid, Sun City. Against? Against? <laughs> Artists Against Apartheid. Steve, he can't let it go. No, he can't. It's, it's fine. It's adorable. <laughs> Give him something. Ain't gonna play Sun City! Yeah, yeah. that's a great song. This Explain one, uh, why they're not going to play Sun City, Dave. Well, this one came to be after many artists came under scrutiny for playing the resort Sun City. Oh, these Sun guys City, ain't going to play it. Yeah, Sun City was and is a resort about two hours outside of Johannesburg. It was originally uh, an area considered by South Africa to be independent, where you'd have gambling and you'd go see naked titty dancers. But it was also a province where blacks were forcibly relocated. 
the United Nations placed a cultural boycott on South America in order to condemn apartheid. Africa. And the hotel tycoon that started this whole thing then offered incredible financial incentives to attract bigger names. And it worked in many, many big acts like Elton John and Frank Sinatra. Oh, name and name. Cher began to perform at the resort. And uh, Steve Van Zandt was sickened by this and he wrote this song to express his disgust of uh, the artist's hypocrisy and overall rejection of the idea of apartheid. So this was assembled by little Stevie Van Zandt, mm-hmm. Bruce Springsteen guitarist and future Sopranos cast member. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he shows up in the video. It's funny because there's like a couple cool people and then there's a weird little Steven looking like he's going to throw up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's always got that look on his face. This is my favorite AIDS too. It's, yeah. it's really good. This is so favorite. catchy. Really good. This is so catchy and it really worked. It raised yeah. awareness for other musical artists mm-hmm. to, to not play this thing. I, so and I, I never played Sun City, so JD, it worked for me. None of us have. Yeah. And we never will with that uh, attitude. Hundreds of millions of Americans never played Sun City. Right. Billions around the world. Mm-hmm. This song is effective. Yes. But this shit kind of still happens today. Yeah. Where uh, musicians that are currently making big hits, many of them speaking to about injustice in our own country, who are going over to other countries with oligarchs and despots and just terrible people who are oppressing their citizens and they're playing concerts for huge yeah. amounts of money. Mm-hmm. They need to fucking stop doing this. We need kind of need a new Sun City. Oh, and remember when I when I said to put a pin in the intro? Joey Ramone acting oh, yeah. all coy. Oh, benefit songs are stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, uh. Joey Ramone appears in this one. Yep. That's how great a cause he felt it yeah. was. Pitching and about Reagan. And this yep. is essentially a rock band because his yeah his he was criticizing Reagan mm-hmm. and it got banned all over the U.S. Even PBS. There was a making of video yes. and PBS declined declined to play it because they said these artists were self promoting. But at the same time, they showed the making of Raiders of the Lost Ark, <laughs> which apparently didn't benefit anyone except millionaires and uh, the major studio Paramount. That's right. Conservative pincushion, PBS. Mm-hmm. It was in the, was in the I, pocket uh, of Reagan at the time. One thing I like about this song is it's, it's, it's the first one I feel like it's not designed to make... If, like, if you contribute to this cause, the music is not designed to make you feel like the most important and generous, generous capitalist like, stooge in the world. We're, we're all stars? Yeah. Like, you're the greatest person for tonight. So, Thank God it's there. I mean, I like we're all stars. Instead of you. All right, we got, we were seriously have to wrap up, though, because we got to get another episode in today. Shout out to the producer of this song, Arthur Baker, who's best known for his work on Africa Bambata's Planet Rock. Yep. What, did, what didn't make the list? Hunter. Uh, the Wag the Dog song, uh, American Dream, hilarious. Uh, or Prince's pro-vegan song, Animal Kingdom. Or, or Sending Our Love Down the Well. That, uh, or Sending Our Love Down the Well. Yeah. Th- that's what Friends Are For was kind of oh, the mini-aids. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was only four superstars. Only four people. Dion, Stevie, Elton, and Gladys. It raised money for AIDS, so it probably should have made the list. Eh. Uh, there's also the original, uh, you mentioned the Stop the Violence movement. Mm. Stop the Violence had a, a, a single called Self-Destruction. That was the original hip-hop AIDS song. Uh, KRS-One put that one together also. And there was a charity recording of Ferry Cross the Mersey, not as Ferry Aid, 
But that was a benefit for uh, the 96 Liverpool fans who died in the Hillsborough Stadium disaster. <laughs> Join us next week when we... It's episode 40. That means the Yacht Rock Extravaganza special. We're expanding the boat even further, taking a look at Yacht Soul. Yes. It's going to be a good one. I find, told you it existed. Find this week's AIDS playlist by following J.D. Rizner on Spotify. Go to Feral Audio for show notes by Tim Malcolm and follow him on Twitter at Timothy Malcolm for fun facts. No, go to YachtRock.com for the, for the show notes now. Uh, send questions via Twitter at Yacht Rock. Follow JD at JD Riznar. Follow Hollywood Steve at Hollywood Steve H. Follow Dave at David underscore B underscore Lions. Follow Hunter at Hunter Stare. Like Yacht Rock on Facebook. Rate and review us on iTunes. Go to YachtRock.com for a useful experience. Buy t-shirts. Read the captain's blog. Blah, blah, blah. And who's got the last page? Thanks uh, to thanks Trey for... McClure for sending in the bumpers. He wants to shout out his boys, Arlo and Emmett, his hometown of Birmingham, Alabama. And he'd also like to encourage you, quote, not to vote for Donald Trump or something, unquote. <laughs> additional, <laughs> oh, sorry. additional bumpers by Rob Crow and Mark Rivers. Thanks to producer Dustin Mar- Marshall for donating his time to the charity known as our podcasting <laughs> career. hey uh, Check out other Feral Audio podcasts at feralaudio.com. And use the portal. Feral Audio